It is officially opening day. Tanner Hoops with you. Thanks for being with us. A very special sports pen today. We've got a lot of baseball to break down. Jake Durant from Local 3 TV is going to be here shortly. First, I've got a guest join me on the ESPN UP phone line in a couple of minutes. Jessica Lutchin of Craft Hockeyville USA here to talk a little more about the decision that we're all waiting to hear. Who will be Craft Hockeyville USA 2019? We know Calumet is one of the final four. Cadillac downstate there as well. Jessica, really appreciate you being on, taking the time. Tell me a little about why the committee decided to make the choices that they did. Why Calumet, first of all, was appealing for Craft Hockeyville 2019. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're so excited. We finally announced the top four last week. Um, Calumet Coliseum, definitely one of the top four we were really excited to see the passion behind the community. Uh, when you go online and we read their story, um, Betsy from the community submitted a really compelling story about just the lifelong friendships that have been formed at the Coliseum, the high school hockey memories that they have there. Not to mention, it's one of the oldest indoor arenas still in use today, which is pretty incredible in and of itself. Um, she talked just about all of the great things that happened, her history there, her lifelong friends that she's formed, and, and really got the, the sense of the Coliseum and everything that it does for the community. Um, so we were really excited to have you guys in the top four and see your community rally from here. Jessica, is there anything specific, anything appealing about a certain community that deems them worthy of being Craft Hockeyville USA? of entries across the country every year, um, something that we're really excited about. But what really gives us the top four is two different things. So we look at your total rally score. So every tweet, every picture that people go on and post is something that we look at. Just the overall sentiment of the, the posts that we have on crafthockeyville.com. And then we also look a big chunk about the story, the history, what's going on, you know, how you're going to use the money for the arena, um, and we just felt we felt Calumet Coliseum was just the perfect embodiment of everything that youth hockey and community hockey is in America. Um, so we were just really inspired and and really uh, really felt a lot of passion for the things that people were saying about it and the pictures that we were seeing. Just just really stands behind Craft Hockeyville and bringing your community together to to unite for one passion and and helping youth hockey with kids and, and giving kids a place to be able to practice their craft and practice the sport in a, a safe and healthy rink. Well, Jessica, Cadillac, Michigan, also a finalist, just downstate. Tell me a little about them and what made them stand out. Yeah, so Cadillac, Michigan, they, they the WEX was threatened to shut down a few years ago but the community really rallied behind it to save it because it is such an integral part of the community. Um, we love that story, and just, you know, when you're being threatened to be shut down and a community comes together, I mean, that really says something about how much that the WEX really means to their community. Um, it's now under new nonprofit management led by Hockey Die Hard, so again, it just shows the spirit of hockey and the community and how much people care about the sport and people care about having a place for people to go and play and, and you know, do what they love. Um, it's also the only uh, rink within a 50-mile radius, so we know how important it is to that community. So we're really happy that they were also able to be in the top four and give them a chance to win as well. Well, Jessica, we're based out of Marquette in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which was Craft Hockeyville four years ago. Tell me about Marquette and what you're able to take away from that Hockeyville experience. Marquette was great with Lakeview Arena up there. Um, we Again, it all goes back to the community and just how much you feel the passion and the spirit and the community come alive around Lakeview Arena. Um, very similar to, you know, the same type of spirit and passion that we see with Calumet Coliseum or the WEX uh, downstate Michigan. Um, it's just, it all boils down to the community and how much they rally around and, you know, how much the spirit of hockey comes alive. Well, now it's up to the voters. When voting opens this weekend, we get to find out who will be the winning community. I know the game is going to be the big highlight. The winning community gets to host that NHL preseason game. But other than that, tell me what events are going to be going on and about the party that's going to lead up to it. 
Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is for that weekend before the big game, we actually come into the town and we have two days full of events. Last year we were up in Clinton, New York. There's tons of stuff going on. The community is rallied together. They do, we've done a 4K with the community. You know, we bring the Wienermobile and Mr. Peanut and just and just have a big celebration of the great community that, you know, these towns all have and just celebrate um, hockey and youth hockey and just everything that the community has to offer. So if you guys win, you can look forward to a really fun weekend um, followed by an NHL preseason game. Details to be determined, but we will, of course, keep in touch if you guys are the winners. Jessica, I'm not sure how much of this you're allowed to speak on, but if you could, what goes into determining the two teams that are going to play in the game? Um, it's completely up to the NHL. So it is. it depends on a lot of things. So it depends on teams' travel schedules and the dates for the community. So it's really up to the NHL and what they can make work. Um, so they usually try to get a team that's close to the arena um, where they know that you guys are fans, but it's, it's completely up to the discretion of the NHL um, and what is best for the schedule. But they really try hard to make sure that it's, it's a home team or somewhere very close. Talking with Jessica Lutchin of Craft Hockeyville, USA. Once again, Calumet and Cadillac are both in the final four. Voting will open this weekend. Jessica, tell me about the partnership between Craft Hockeyville, the NHL, the NHL Players Association, how that came to be, how you're maintaining it, and maybe some ways that you look to grow it in the future. Yeah, so Craft Hockeyville has been a program in up in Canada for I want to say 10 years now. Um, I could be off on that by a year or two, but it's been a really successful program up in Canada with Kraft and the NHL um, working together, just knowing that, you know, Kraft is, is such an integral brand in your kitchen, especially growing up. Everyone remembers the Kraft mac and cheese or everyone's had an Oscar Minor wiener or been on the wiener mobile on their day. Um, and the NHL really cares about youth hockey and making sure that it's alive and well and giving kids opportunities to practice the sport or try it out if they want. Um, so we felt it just was a really natural connection between the two brands. Um, so, so we brought it in the U.S. Uh, this is our fifth year now, um, and we've seen great success to date. And I know that Michigan people especially have seen what it's done for Lakeview Arena back in 2016. Um, so we are just really excited to continue this partnership with the NHL and the NHLPA. Um, NBC Sports is also a part of it as well and just, you know, do the best we can for youth hockey and communities. Well, and that's a great reminder that it's not just the relationship between Kraft Hockeyville and the NHL, but Kraft Hockeyville really is trying to support the youth players with events like this. I know everyone looks forward to the preseason game. That's going to be the big highlight, what have you. Tell me about some ways that Kraft Hockeyville is trying to benefit younger players through their events. Yeah, so Kraft Hockeyville, what, we, what we're excited most about is obviously the prize money. So first place winner, prize winner, walks away with $150,000 in rink upgrades. Um, second place will walk away with $30,000, and third and fourth place will each walk away with $10,000. Um, and what we really see that money going towards is, again, making sure that these rinks are healthy, these rinks have everything that they need in order to give kids the opportunity to try a sport. So this isn't, hockey isn't like a sport like basketball or soccer where you can run out in your backyard and kick around a ball or, you know, get some really cheap supplies and play in your backyard. Um, hockey is an investment. Hockey takes time. It takes effort. And it very honestly um, does take money. So we like to be the catalyst that drives, you know, the rink upgrades to make sure that you have a proper safety net or that you have ice that's taken care of so you have the opportunity to play on it because the opportunity is everything. You can have kids anywhere that want to play hockey but just don't have the means or don't have a rink that's healthy enough for you to try it out or play at. So we are really, we really pride ourselves in being able to provide that rink improvement money um, so we can give the opportunity. And something else that's really cool about Craft Hockeyville, through our partnership with the NHLPA, um, they actually will give all top four finalists $10,000 worth of new hockey equipment. Mm. 
so kids that don't have the opportunity to try it out or don't have the means to go buy all new equipment to give it a shot will now through the NHLPA Golden Dreams program. We talk about the cost of playing hockey, and it's a large reason why the sport hasn't caught on at the youth level in certain regions of the country. Are you seeing the game grow, though, through your number of entries every year for Craft Hockeyville? Yeah, last year was the first time, I believe, that we had saw entries in every single, every single state in America, which is pretty great, um, especially knowing that there are certain hockey states, as we like to call them, like Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, definitely hockey states. We got entries last year from California, from Louisiana, from Missouri. So we're definitely starting to see hockey grow, um, and we're really excited and energized by that. Well, Jessica, last thing before I let you go, at what point will we find out who will be 2019's Craft Hockeyville USA? Yeah, so voting starts this Saturday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, um, and it ends at 11 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, you can log online to crafthockeyville.com. People can vote an unlimited amount of times, um, and then the winner will actually be announced on Sunday afternoon during the Rangers and Flyers game on NBC. So make sure you guys watch that. Vote as much as you can. Um, something else that's really fun this year that we introduced is we're giving a trip for two away to a Stanley Cup game, and how you enter to win to that is by voting. So if you vote, you will automatically be entered to win, um, and if you vote more than 40 times, you will have up to 40 entries in the sweepstakes to win that game. Um, but after the winner is announced on Sunday, we will contact you guys directly. We'll actually contact all top four because everyone is walking away with at least $10,000 in rink upgrades and an additional $10,000 in equipment donation from the NHLPA. So everyone is really a winner here. No matter what place you end in, um, you're all walking away with something, which is great. Um, from there, we'll reach out to you guys. We'll schedule some times to talk and just regroup on next steps and how this works. We get to planning on our end with the NHL, getting the game set, getting schedule set, and working together to figure out the best weekend um, for the NHL preseason game and our winning weekend celebrations. Jessica Lutchin of Craft Hockeyville, we are four days away from finding out who will be crowned the 2019 Craft Hockeyville USA winner. Jessica, as always, appreciate you taking the time. Glad to have you with us. Hopefully we'll get some good news this weekend and we can have you on again here soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Good luck, you guys. Have a great day. Let's take a time out. More after this on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Jake Durant from Local 3 TV joins me now. Appreciate you being here, my man. I appreciate your patience as well. Wanted to get in a little uh, talk about Kraft Hockeyville, and hopefully we can get the vote out here before the weekend and get that thing up to Calumet. Yeah, I mean, that's really exciting, uh, especially for a small community like Calumet to be in the running for that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I always think back to the time when Marquette uh, won the Kraft Hockeyville contest just a few years ago. I was able to go to the game and, and check that out. And it, it is so crazy just how electric the town or the town of Marquette became. became. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine it would be the same in Calumet, knowing that, you know, two professional hockey teams are in town. They're going to be playing on a rink, obviously, up there. The Coliseum up there in Calumet if they do win. Um, one of the oldest rinks or the oldest rink, you know, in all of the, the nation there. Um so that would just be excellent and and yeah it's, it's just a great experience to see these guys you know come to small towns and and things like that but uh, yeah i just remember them being at the uh, lakeview arena and just how awesome it was just to see you know professional athletes professional hockey players you know playing in a small a small town and 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 you know kind of a rundown rink let's be honest i mean part of the reason why they're they're in the running is for upgrades one hundred fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. so um you know they get it as good as they can and um, you know, we got to get the vote out. Obviously, it's going to take more than just Calumet, uh, you know, residents and, and people near that area to to win this thing. So um, get the word out, get voting. It's going to take a, a UP wide effort for them to, uh, you know, get enough votes to win. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's very exciting. And, and I look forward to hopefully going up there and seeing another NHL hockey game here in the UP, which would be exciting. Well, if it's anything like when a UP high school basketball team goes downstate, the entire UP's behind them no matter what. And I'm hoping that's the same thing here. Uh, the good news is, even though the UP might 
be a little sparsely populated compared to some of the other communities, you can vote in an unlimited number of times. To reiterate what Jessica said before the break, uh, go to Cramped Hockeyville's website to do so. Tell you what, I love hockey. We did our due diligence with it, what have you. We're about five games, two weeks away from the Stanley Cup playoffs. But it is opening day for Major League Baseball, the true opening day. I know we had a couple of games in Tokyo, but for everybody else, it is the true opening day. And I have baseball fever, and I'm just so glad it's back. Uh, Brewers are currently leading 5-4. They're on top of St. Louis at Miller Park. They are stretching right now, about to start the bottom of the seventh. Every run in that game has been driven in by a home run. Wow. That's, that's, that's the type of baseball. Insane. Like I don't, you know, I'm not a huge baseball guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you definitely have the fever. I wouldn't say I have the fever per, per se, but you know, I like I like home runs. It looks like Yelich is leaving off right where, he, or you know, starting where he left off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think you said he had a, a home run. He had home one. Mustak has had game. one, and even Ulysses had you know, one. Pitcher home run. I'm gonna guess he's now getting walked. Yelich <laughs> is now getting walked. So it looks like you know Milwaukee's starting where they left off from last season. You know, they got so close last year and and i'm definitely i don't have a team but i think i'm just going to jump on that i jumped on the bandwagon last year i'm going to jump on it again i think i i stated pretty early last last year that i thought the brewers were going to win the world series i wasn't too far off will i say that right now i think it's it's really early to say that but you know you got to like their chances they didn't they didn't get worse in the offseason i really think they can win 100 games I really yeah do. i mean they're they're a well-oiled machine and you know they they have a, a cohesion camaraderie you know that that's key for any team to make a run, especially in a, in a game like baseball. But, you know, they know how each other plays. They have they have the power hitting. They have the pitching. They have everything you want, uh, the defense. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see them winning a lot and, and hopefully making a run at the World Series. Maybe they make a stop on Colton Wong here in the first day. Colton Wong, the St. Louis second baseman, had nine home runs all of last season. He's got two so far on opening day. So maybe he likes Brewer pitching. Maybe so, or maybe it's his year. You know, it's, <laughs> some guys have those years. Maybe uh, you know he's obviously uh, starting off uh, on a good foot. Let's see if he can probably keep up that that production. I doubt it, but um, talk about a great start for him after you know just hitting nine last year. Well, uh, some good news for the Tigers here to start today off and really extended to last night. Uh, they're through one inning in Toronto, and they're scoreless. They're not losing. I know Tiger fans aren't too optimistic for this season. Uh, the other good news is Michael Fulmer's surgery went well yesterday. Obviously, he was going to be the top arm this year, and they were really missing him. And, uh, you know, we're, we're wishing him all the best to get back because I'm a fan of a team in that division, and I like watching Fulmer pitch. He's a really special guy, and I want the Tigers to have a guy like that. You know, you want to you wanna be the best by beating the best. You want to see a guy like is, is Fulmer out there. Are you sure is that it? Well, or, I just or, like, I like Fulmer. Or are you just going to are you just saying that cuz you know they have they have no shot? What if they were like in the actual running? Oh, I like Fulmer. You like Fulmer? But but you know, even if they were a contending team and Minnesota's a contending Minnesota might not even be a contending team. You said you were pretty optimistic. I am optimistic, air. but I don't know that they're going to be a contending <laughs> team. I'm I've been optimistic before and they've come far from contending. Uh I don't know if either of them will be contenders. Even so, if they were meeting in September, October. I wouldn't want to see Fulmer, but that's not the reason I wouldn't want to see him. I don't want to wish injury upon right. anybody. So I uh, uh, was listening to the Twins earlier, and they just threw the first pitch. And I tell you what, uh, if there's any kind of an omen to how the Twins season would go, they took their first commercial break during the pregame show, and a Joe Maurer commercial came on. So somebody forgot to pull that one from last season. How would that make you feel as a Twins fan? Nostalgic. Nostalgic. Teared up. <laughs> I got the jersey on today here I in see the studio. That. I mean, every time I come in, every time I come in, Tanner, you can't see him, but he always has a different jersey. I'm trying to pinpoint his fandom. I like to be like uh, Stump the Schwab, something yeah, like that. Right. I, I mean, I love watching I, that show. You too. have a good collection. I'll, well, I'll I appreciate tell you that. that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, baseball's just so much fun to have back. And we got some good storylines from today. How about this? Four different Cy Young winners are squaring off against each other today. Not four are in action, but four are going against each other. You have the two winners from last season, of course, with DeGrom for New York starting against Washington. And uh, you've got Blake Snell for Tampa going up against Detroit. Uh, Excuse me, not Detroit, Houston. Uh, I'm still thinking of Verlander. He was with Detroit when he won that Cy Young in 2011, now with Houston, and then pitching for Washington, the 2017 winner in Max Scherzer. So, Pretty good guys out there throwing today. And, of course, Twins are seeing Corey Kluber. I'm hoping Barrios on Minnesota side will take a step forward. 
Cubs have John Lester. Uh, we'll see. He's you know we're you're seeing pretty much the best of the best for each team. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's like any league. Uh, you want to have really good starting you know opening day matchups. You want to get people to tune in. You want to you know bring some hype to the opening of the season. So I mean, yeah, man, a lot of good pitchers going up against each other. You know, you want to see the best of the best, especially when you've been on such a long break from baseball. So. Um, it's only right that they have, you know, the Cy Young win- winners playing each other and just good quality, you know, pitching uh, going up against each other. Well, I tell you what, uh, news broke that there was a man who reportedly quit his job this week because it is his goal to be one of those people who visits every major league ballpark. He quit his job so he has more time to visit all 30 major league ballparks. So that's what I wanted to bring up with you is. What event, what sporting event, what league would it take for you to want to quit your job so that you could go and just follow this thing religiously? Because this guy is, I don't know what he did for a living, but what would it take for you to say adios to Local 3 TV to want to go? I mean, you're not a big baseball guy, like you said, so it's probably not visiting all 30 major league parks, but uh, ticket prices aside, uh, real life consequences aside. I was going to say how, if I, if I was able to do that, I'd be, I'd be very happy. Um, but, but yeah, it's true. I mean, I have not even been to a professional baseball game mm-hmm. and I was actually just talking to one of, uh, one of our, my fellow employees, how I never, I've never been and and I might try to get to a Brewers game this year. There so maybe go. I'll go in and, and get the itch, you could say, um, to want to, you know, just be more involved in baseball. You and I can go down, apply for credentials. Well, fun time. Actually, in you know, we should probably plan that. I think, I think that'd be, be that'd be cool. You can kind of give me, you know, I I would love to be with somebody who knows so well, much sure. about the sport, who can kind of teach me as we go. So we should actually plan that. Um, but if I could just drop everything, you know, I love my job. I love local three. If I could just, you know, go and travel. Um, I'm a big NFL guy, mm-hmm. so you know, the, off the that would be like right off the top of my head. Something I'd want to do is maybe to go to all the different stadiums. But I think I would move to to college football. Mm-hmm. I just like the culture a little bit more. I'd like to go to you know all the college campuses. Uh, you know, get myself thrown back into the college culture, I guess you could say, and just enjoy and just see all the different historical places. You know, I've been to the Big House, just been awesome. I'm a huge Michigan fan, but. You know, I would like to go out west, you know, see some Pac-10 football, go up there in mm-hmm. Oregon, go down and watch the Texas Longhorns play, maybe Oklahoma or something like that, and maybe just hit some big rivalries. Um, I guess with that, there's just, you know, limited games. So right. Really, you know what I mean? It might take a little bit longer, but um, definitely it would be like something that has to do with football, I think. Depending what your weekends look like, if you have them off or not, uh, you could get away with or somebody who has the weekends off could potentially get away with that. Right. I mean, it's it's not totally out of out of possibility, but I mean, you hear about these stories of these people, you know, <laughs> going and just dropping everything. I just don't know how you can do it. I just don't. I mean, obviously, you need to have a little bit of money saved up. But I mean, if you're in the position to do it and want to, you know, live out a dream, why not? I would love to know which day has less productivity at work, the first day of March Madness or MLB opening day. How many people skip work on each? Which is more popular for doing such like that? Uh, did not skip work today. You and I were both good, and we came in yep. despite you know uh, what's going on. If I had the opportunity to be at Target Field today, uh, it'd be fun. Right. But uh, no, you know, I probably could have got away with it. Said it's work related, maybe. Yeah, or at I mean, least Miller Park. Right, and just from from my experience, just this year, um, obviously the the tip-off of the NCAA tournament. We didn't get a lot done mm-hmm. around the station. I mean, obviously we had a newscast and things that, you know, we got our stuff done, but a lot of focus. All the TVs were on to, to basketball games, and maybe that has to do with we got a little pool going with the with the brackets at mm-hmm. our work. Um, no gambling involved. No. Um, but, uh, but today it wasn't as much. I don't know. Maybe we just don't have a lot of baseball fans at the station, but, I mean – I'm keeping track of everything, of course. Well, you and I are in a pool as well. We are with our friends of the show here in the sports pen. And, again, no money involved, not encouraging gambling, what have you. I was taking a look at the standings, and you and I are tied for first in that uh, friends of the show bracket. Uh, You have the tiebreaker, though, because your bracket still has more possible points left on the table. So right now you have the tiebreaker, even though uh, you and I are tied for first place. you got Duke as the champions. How nervous were you? How much were you sweating on Sunday? 
I mean, that game was absolutely amazing. Um, a good thing for me is I have I'm in two different little pools that we got going on. So um, for the first one, I have North Carolina winning, and then I the one that we did, I'm like I might as well just choose Duke. Just to, you're one of those you know, people to, who pick Carolina and one Duke and another. I had to do it. You I mean, are such I, a fraud. I had to do it. I had to pick. You know, I, I had pretty much <laughs> everything the same. There's just a few games I I switched up. You know, those are the fifty fifty games. At least I could you know do well in one if if one goes awry but um yeah i mean that that game against ucf obviously the blueprint has been has been put out there how to beat a duke team i i said it before i said there's games where this duke team doesn't come out and shoot the ball very well and they can struggle i mean um rj barrett's not really a great shooter um cam reddish is is on and off but when he's one of those guys when he gets hot he's really good and zion obviously he's not the greatest shooter he's no. getting to the rim all the time mm-hmm. so um i'm kind of nervous man i kind you? you know i'm kind of nervous i could legitimately see michigan state upsetting duke and mm-hmm. and you know the possibility in my head now is, is a lot greater because you know ucf wasn't a team that many expected to come and challenge them but you know they they did a very good job, and when you talk about state, you know they like to play defense. You know they got a lot of different ways they can beat you, and um, you know they're not going to be. It's not going to the moment's not going to be too big for this for the Spartans under Tom Izzo. So um, we could very well see uh, Michigan State moving on. I'd love to see Michigan Michigan State in the final. Uh, would it be final? It would be final four. Duke and State. No Michigan. Think, and, Michigan. Oh Michigan, and Michigan. Michigan. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would too. That'd be final four. That'd mm-hmm. be that'd be epic. I tell you what, I want to get into an in-depth breakdown of March Madness, but we're up against a break. Before we go to it, Brewers still leading St. Louis 5-4. That game's in the top of the eighth. Josh Hader now on to pitch, and he got the first two outs of the inning. Detroit and Toronto still scoreless. That game is in the middle of the second inning. We'll take a timeout. March Madness talk coming up next. You're listening to Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to Enter Hoops. Jake Durant with you in studio on your, what is it today, Thursday? Is it? It is Thursday. Man. Doesn't feel like a Thursday, wow. but it is Doesn't. Thursday. And we're glad that you're with us on ESPN-UP. Here's your Sports Center update. The Alabama Crimson Tide have hired Buffalo's Nate Oates as their next men's basketball coach. Oates went 96-43 and in four seasons at Buffalo, and he guided the Bulls to three NCAA tournaments. That was a surprising hire, but a really good one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be on the basketball team at Alabama. It must be tough. One of those schools, the football program, so dominant. Um, so it's it must. It, I would have to think it's challenging to get some recruits to go there, but you know, we'll see. A few coaching hires are taking place. Patrick Beeline, John Beeline's son, was hired today, just a couple of hours ago, as the head coach at Niagara. So got to be a, that's a good hire for yeah. a school like Niagara. A couple of know. Beelines in the NCAA. Yeah, hey, Beeline's a good a good name, good coach. So. Elsewhere, Virginia Tech swingman Ty Outlaw has passed his drug test following an arrest for marijuana possession. He is expected in the lineup tomorrow night when the Hokies play Duke in the Sweet 16. Virginia Tech's beat him once before. They're going to need Outlaw, and Buzz Williams said he is going to play. Big, big for the Hokies. Um, will this be the one for Duke? Duke's been kind of walking on eggshells yeah, a little they bit. they got to be careful, but um, I still think Duke's going to win. And finally... World Cup star Harry Kane says that once his professional soccer career is over, he would like to become an NFL kicker. Harry Kane, a phenom from the World Cup last summer, thinking about once his soccer career is over over in Britain, that he wants to come here and kick in the NFL. And, you know, he's 25 years old. He plans on playing maybe another 10 years in soccer. You know, you don't have the longevity in soccer you do in other sports. And if you're an NFL kicker, you take care of yourself, you can certainly play into your 40s. So maybe there's a future in the NFL say, for him. Could he open up a different path, a different route for yeah. NFL kicking rather than you know going through the college route? Could we see other soccer players come over and give it a go? I mean, let's be honest, kicking in the NFL, you, you don't get hit very often. So mm-hmm. you, and we've seen guys like Vinatieri and... Janikowski, you know, kick Morton well Anderson. into Morton Anderson, kick till you know they're they're halfway to 100. So yeah, it could be a, it could be interesting to see if, if uh, Harry Kane could come over and, and actually be productive. To maybe more soccer players will follow suit. You know, and I I certainly think that after 
the way kicking went in the regular season this year, there would be some opportunities for guys like that to get a tryout. Uh, I know kicking a soccer ball, kicking a football don't necessarily translate. Although my high school was a soccer power in the state of Iowa, and they don't play soccer in the fall like they do up here. They play it in the spring. So the soccer guys, there was like a load of kickers at my high school. Uh, you know, you probably had 10 guys who could realistically kick at the high school level, and you're a rare breed if you're a high school kicker. So, I don't know. The high school was good in that sense. It, it's way different than up here because in the UP, kicking is, is at a minimum. It's a rare breed. It's a rare, it's a rare thing to happen. You always go for two up here. Must Maybe it's because of the weather, but who knows. Kicking just isn't as important in this game up mm-hmm. here. Well, I tell you what, uh, March Madness continues on tonight. We've got four really fun matchups beginning with Gonzaga and Florida State. Do the Zags have anything to worry about in this one? This is going to be a pretty interesting game. I think Gonzaga is one of the better offenses in the the tournament, and I say, and they're going to go up against one of the the better defenses in in Florida State. So this one should be interesting. I think it's going to come down to to Gonzaga's big men. You know, if they can they can be dominant. Um, I'm, I always have trouble with this guy's name, Hamut Achimura. Achimura, that guy needs to be big. Obviously, they need to facilitate that offense. Uh, and they need to kind of handle that athleticism that Florida State brings. I think it's going to be a close one. A, a lot of great matchups. I mean, a lot of these games can go either way. I'm not a huge Gonzaga fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they always underachieve a little bit or they're ranked they a little higher than they should be. So I'm always skeptical. Could I, def- I could definitely see Florida State winning tonight and knocking off Gonzaga. Well, you talked about offense versus defense. Same could be said for Michigan taking on Texas Tech this evening. That's a really late start. There's going to be a lot of people up past their bedtimes tonight, including you and I, but that's going to be worth it. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of two teams that are, are kind of similar. You know, they have a lot of options. You know, they love to play defense. Um, a lot of guys that can score. Uh, you know, the game happening on CBS, got to shout out, make the plug, watch yep. it. Um, and then and then stick stick on, uh, on the channel after because we'll be going on late tonight on the news. But um, that's going to be a good one, man. Obviously, I'm, I'm rooting for Michigan. Um, but I, that's another coin flip game. I mean, if mm-hmm. Texas Tech comes out and plays their, their brand of basketball and, and gains some confidence, who knows? Ignis is going to have to be huge. He's going to have to mm-hmm. be that, that number one scorer um, because Texas Tech – plays a weird kind of defense they try to keep players out of the middle of that paint they try to um you know kind of reroute driving players into help defense and they're really good at kind of digging at the ball and creating turnovers so um they're gonna you know michigan's gonna have to definitely handle the pressure be able to handle the ball and uh not not turn the ball over because they can know how to you know they know how to create turnovers and score so they got to definitely limit that you said that was a coin flip game, and you're absolutely right. A lot of these are, but it's even harder to think about that this one could be even more of a coin flip game. Probably the most of the night, Purdue against Tennessee. There's a lot to like about both these teams playing at 729 this evening, a weird start time. But Purdue against Tennessee could really go either way, and I have no idea who to pick in this one. You know, I have Tennessee uh, going to the Final Four. They were mm. kind of like my dark horse team that I wanted to pick just to kind of separate myself from a lot of the favorable picks. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they're, I think they're a number two seed, so it's not going out on a limb by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, I w- was not expecting Purdue to be here um, at, at this game, so I'm definitely picking Tennessee in this one. But like you said, it, it all depends, you know, what type of basketball uh, each team is able to to enforce on the other, you know. Um, I do think Tennessee has the two best players on the court, so they're going to have to have huge games and, and lead the, the Vols and, and Williams and uh, Admiral. Admiral Schofield. Admiral Schofield, the best name outside of Taco Fall in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Tennessee I think Tennessee's going to win this one. You've got Oregon and Virginia, and maybe the most intriguing game because Oregon's about as close as we have to a Cinderella seed, playing a team that has everything to lose right now. All the pressure is on them, and they're getting started – Probably after 10 o'clock when it's all said and done tonight. Right. Um, I had Oregon making it this far. I was really high on Oregon uh, coming into the tournament. You know, they were winning games. I I don't know what, how long their win streak is right now. It's probably like seven or eight games. Um, But I do think there's not as much pressure on Virginia as there was into the opening round game where, you know, they had lost in the first round last season. So they got through that. They were down in the first half. So I kind of think they can play a little bit more free now. Um, the monkey's kind of off their back. Um, but I do think Virginia will be able to kind of play the type of basketball they want to play, you know, run through their sets, 
play solid defense, and I think Virginia will move on. I think Gonzaga, for me, is the most likely number one seed to go down tonight out of all those. We are going to know a basketball Final Four, a hockey Final Four by the end of this weekend. We already know the NIT Final Four for those who are paying attention. I don't know if we feel obligated to give them some love. Uh, TCU and Texas on one side of the bracket will play at Madison Square Garden. TCU is a one seed. Texas is a two. Wichita State as a six seed upset Indiana to get to New York. They will take on a five seed Lipscomb who beat North Carolina State last night. Lipscomb is the Cinderella of the NIT, if there's such thing. Right. Um, Nice interstate battle with TCU-Texas. I was was high on Texas entering the season. They they got some recruits. uh, Forgetting it, Buzz Williams um, there, I think. That's who's there. Shaka. Shaka, Oh, Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan's there. uh, Or Shaka, wait. Smart. Yeah, never, never mind. Um, you know, but I, I, I think Texas lost one of their best players. I think he was a lottery pick, um, so that kind of hurts them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Indiana, that that is a huge Wichita State though. The Shockers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had NCAA tournament runs these past, you know, this past decade. So that doesn't surprise me that they were able to to beat Indiana. I haven't really been keeping up with the NITs to be completely well, honest. Well, no one with has, you. but we <laughs> to feel be completely obligated honest with you, I don't really know what what to say about it, but you know, there's some there's some big names in there. Uh Greg Marshall is a perennial recruit, should we say, for Power 5 coaching jobs. This year should be no different. I just know I'm on the Lipscomb bandwagon. I didn't know what their mascot was yesterday when I talked about them on the show. Had to look it up. Turns out they are the Bison. They were purple and white. They're in Nashville. They're the alma mater of Thomas Rhett. So, if I had to guess what Lipscomb's mascot, I would have to say like the Hornets or something. Yeah, it doesn't sound it, like it, the Lipscomb Bison. Just, yeah, it doesn't. It's not what comes to yeah, mind. I don't know. Uh, tell you what, college level players aren't the only ones balling. Devin Booker last night goes off for fifty back to back fifty burgers with a side of losses. Two two losses in both of them. He is one of the most confusing players to me because. He is one of the best scorers in the league, it seems like. You know, multiple 50-point games. He, you know, he seems to do this on a fairly regular basis, yet he has never played a meaningful NBA game in his life. Like, nothing has ever come close to being meaningful during his NBA career. So, I don't know if he's just some guy that can put up points in garbage numbers, or if the Suns really do build something special, or if he's shipped off somewhere else, right. if he would be a guy that someone could count on to keep putting up the numbers that he is. Right. The, the issue, yeah, he can score, and, and it's nice. It, it looks good in the box score, but he doesn't play any defense. No. I mean, he doesn't, you know, when they're on the defensive end of the ball, I mean, he's just kind of just in a daze, um, and then he flips it on when when they're on offense. So um, very, you know, I'm not taking any credit. He's only 22 years old. Seems like he's been in the, the league forever already. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing crazy. I think he had a 70 point game against your Celtics, Boston our Celtics, last year, yeah. um, which was just insane. Um, being as young as he is, but um, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see. Like, can you build with this guy? I mean, it seems like Phoenix is starting to to build a good team. Obviously, they're super young. Um, you know, the, I know the owners and, and people are happy that at least they're still losing, even though um, Booker's out there scoring almost 60 a game mm-hmm. um, because they want to have the number one pick. Who are they going to get? They're going to get Morant. They're going to get William uh, Zion. Who knows? But whoever they bring in, that's a nice little young co- core. Um, if they don't win, will I know Booker's only 22 as he mm-hmm. enters his prime, and you know he feels like his, his career is just wasting away in Phoenix. Will he want to get out of there? Who knows? But um, for right now, it, it's entertaining, um, and I guess everyone's getting what they want. Fans are getting a lot of scoring, maybe not getting wins, and, right. and because at this point, what are they doing? They're tanking. You've got DeAndre Ayton there, and then you've got a couple of guys in Booker and Josh Jackson who, if they're winning, they care. Booker did – I mean, he made no effort to show that he was trying – or not trying on defense. I mean, he made no effort to mask it. He even said at halftime, I'm going for 50. You know, he just – he just doesn't mask it, you know. He was out there to get his, and, you know, I I don't like that, but you're on a team that's I mean, not going to win 20 games this year. Listen, it's a culture thing there in Phoenix. That's all he knows. They, mm-hmm. they, they've been a bottom-of-the-barrel franchise for his whole career since he's been in the NBA. So, um, you don't, you know, you're not getting guys in there that know how to win. You know, there's a lot of guys that don't know how to win, so... Um, it doesn't surprise me that that's his mentality right now because he doesn't know how to win. He, like you said, he hasn't been playing in any meaningful games. So really, why should he care? He's still getting his money. You know, he's getting his scoring, which is obviously the most important thing to him. 
you know, he's going to have to mature a little bit and, and for them to kind of, you know, get things going and maybe start building a team that can make it to the playoffs in a Western Conference that's absolutely stacked. Well, I tell you what, uh, top of the ninth at Miller Park, and the Brewers are two outs away from moving to 1-0. and uh, Yadier Molina just flew out to center. Josh Hader two outs away from picking up the save. So Dexter Fowler at the plate representing a tying run, a guy who had just an awful spring. Uh, Brewers still up 5-4, to four, top of the ninth again, one out in Milwaukee. Detroit, bottom of the third. They are still scoreless with Toronto, only one out in that now there's two now they update it and it's two we owe you a timeout when we come back robert Kraft, he is calling the da's bluff and the aaf they're gonna need help from the nfl if they want to keep surviving next in the sports pen on espn up check out the up's live and local sports talk show the sports pen weekday afternoons at four on espn up and on the espn up app Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Thanks for being with us on your Thursday afternoon. Well, the New England Patriots, um, the drama continues to surround them. Uh, Robert Kraft looking like he is going to call the DA's bluff. And breaking news coming out of New England here in the last hour, Greg Schiano has stepped down as defensive coordinator. So did not coach a game. And his replacement of Brian Flores is somewhat replacement of Brian Flores. And... Greg Schiano is already out. I said in the show a few days ago, it's amazing what kind of success things have when they distance themselves from Schiano. Well, Patriots are certainly hoping that that continues. Right. I was going to say, I mean, a couple question marks already for for New England there, um, losing one of their best players and now Schiano stepping down. So I'm um, going to be interesting to see, but maybe it's just a blessing in disguise. Who knows? Um, I know that the you know they're going to be fine there. They have the, one of the greatest organizations ever, so they'll be fine. Well, I tell you what, they've had a tumultuous off season. Couple that with what Robert Kraft is going through. He is calling the DA's bluff. I said on the show a few weeks ago when they offered Kraft the opportunity to uh, get off scot free as long as he would admit that he would have been found guilty in a court of law, that he would have had to take a class and do some community service, what have you. Other than that he would have gotten off scot-free. He chose not to do it, which makes me think that whatever video was obtained of him at this day spa was illegally obtained. And that's what he's getting at, is that he knows it, or he's guessing that, and I'm guessing that he's probably correct in doing it. So he has entered his not guilty plea. Uh, he says that, you know, and his owner, his uh, lawyer, excuse me, have vehemently said that, he has done nothing wrong. They deny wrongdoing constantly. That's been the same from the beginning. They don't really care if there is a tape out there because they're probably going to get it dismissed in court because it's illegally obtained. What they could do, though, the backlash from it is that what if this tape hits the public? Now, the cops aren't just going to release it to the public, but if it is entered into public evidence, Florida has the sunshine laws down there, and it makes uh, some very... Uh, very liberal restrictions is what it has on as far as what you can release in a court of law. To me, with what they have implemented down there, it would be extremely easy for someone like TMZ or Deadspin to get a hold of that tape. And Robert Kraft is saying, I'm not letting this go on my record. My public opinion shot enough. So even if this tape hits the public, I'm still the owner of a great sports franchise and I've still got Super Bowl rings and money. So... I guess he's willing to throw his public opinion or whatever's left of it out of the way, but uh, he's going to take this to trial. Right. I mean, you know, when this news first broke about the story, I was kind of questioning, you know, how did they get video of it? Mm -hmm. You know, and and among amongst what grounds did they have to to go and film or set up a video camera or whatever to get the video? Um, but did did Robert Kraft ever deny that he did this? I, he issued an apology. He denied that he did anything illegal there he admitted to being there but he said it was a strictly uh strictly professional it was strictly uh that he was there to get a massage mm. nothing more okay so yeah apparently he just doesn't you know even if there's an opportunity obviously he doesn't want it on his record but i mean if it if it's all right for it to hit the public mm -hmm. or you know maybe he just doesn't think there's actual video or something i yeah. don't really know um but um i'm sure you know people's opinions don't really matter to him i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and guess at the end of the day he's gonna be well off so i mean mm -hmm. i think he wants to just prove a point um you know and, and 
you know, he's 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 a businessman, and he 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 wants to prove a point that hey, you know, he's being wronged in the situation. So, court of public opinion might find him guilty, even if the court of law can't. But what does he care? You know, exactly. He just doesn't seem to care anymore right now. The thing is, there were 24 other guys that were involved, too, and this may set precedent to get all those guys off scot-free because if the video evidence in Robert Kraft's case was not uh, illegal or was not legally obtained, then it's fruit of the poisonous tree, which means everything from that investigation would be, and we might see these 25 guys walk. Yeah, I mean, if, if it happens... In one case, why wouldn't the other guys follow suit mm-hmm. and try to fight the same exact way? So, you know, they're probably sitting back, you know, keeping an eye on this as well. So um, it would be interesting to see, to to cause all of that and then for it all just to be thrown out. Is it surprising? No. Yeah. You know, we are dealing with, like, some high-profile people, and history has shown that <laughs> they've been able to get away with, with things. So it's not surprising to me. It's, it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, the the – the end end game of the whole situation. I am interested to see too, even if he does not face criminal charges, Robert Kraft from this, or even if he's not convicted, what the NFL will do. Because you saw what happened in San Francisco with the Giants. Larry Bear, the team owner, was involved in a physical altercation with his wife where he forcibly took a cell phone out of her hand. It was caught on video. Uh, they chose not to prosecute him, but Major League Baseball decide to suspend him for 84 games this season, so a little over half the year. I wonder if the NFL is going to do anything like that in regards to Robert Kraft. And, I mean, I don't know if it'll be significant in any sense. I mean, you know, Larry Bear is suspended. How do you suspend an owner, really? Like, how do you do that effectively? The product on the field, the Giants, they weren't expecting a lot anyway, but it's not going to be affected by this 84-game suspension. Neither would the Patriots. So I don't know if it would be somewhat of a moral victory but that's about all they could do with it i'm just interested to see how goodell responds to it yeah i mean i'm with you it would be kind of interesting to see just how they handle the situation especially you know if if he's you know if the case gets dropped and no charges are pressed against him because like you said how do you suspend an owner that just doesn't make any sense to me and we're talking about robert Kraft. yeah he's like the face of the owners you know what i mean so um I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting to see just how they handle the situation. They have gone final. Milwaukee is 1-0 to start the year. A 5-4 win over the Cardinals. Ulyss goes five in the third innings. He gave up three runs on three hits. Struck out seven, walked two. That three-run third inning proves to be the difference. By the way, Josh Hader threw two perfect innings. No runs, no hits, no walks, and he struck out four. So good start for Milwaukee. They're going undefeated. Undefeated thus far, 162-0 perhaps. Uh, Detroit still scoreless. That game's in the middle of the fourth up there in Man, Toronto. I'm, I'm hoping that we get some runs. I need to run highlights <laughs> of the game. I, 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 I might just have to run defensive highlights. Well, you've got long balls from uh, from Milwaukee. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm already kind of picturing my sequence. Uh, you know that I'm going to run on the 6 p.m. Uh, sportscast, and I just probably just a bunch of homers. Well, I tell you what, uh, we got baseball in the brain, but we got football in the docket for this segment. By the way, we did our greatest movie of all time bracket. Uh, we finished yesterday with the championships. Remember the Titans won it, won it all, which hard to argue with. It's hard to argue with. That's a great movie. Absolutely great movie. There was a lot of good movies on it. You know, the, yeah. there was a lot of t- a lot of movies that could have, have won it. But Remember the Titans is a good pick. So our listeners like Remember the Titans. It's yeah. good to know. Yeah. Good to know for the future. Uh, Happy Gilmore loses in the finals. A little surprised they went on that kind of a Cinderella run, but it's a good movie too. You know, that's one of those those cult classics. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, get behind that movie. It's it's a favorite. Um, one of just iconic movies. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to 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 you know say lines from the movie and things like that. So. I'm not surprising that it that it was able to pick up some steam and, and make it to the finals. Well, I tell you what, the Alliance of American Football could be in some trouble. They make headlines by getting Johnny Football last week, plays his first game with them on Sunday night with uh, the Memphis Express. Um, they could be in some financial trouble, however. Uh, it was reported after the first weekend that they were close to folding. Tom Dundon, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, decided to buy the league and Nick basically kept it afloat now he came out as saying that they are in financial trouble where they are going to need the support of the nfl and the nfl player association if they want to keep this league going which again means the xfl has zero chance of ever getting off the ground if the aaf unless they allow fighting unless Unless they they allow allow fighting and maybe some more stuff uh i just i like the aaf in some sense you know it's 
I'm not going to watch it over the NFL, but I don't need to with it being a spring sport. This is something, though, I think the NFL would be very wise to invest in. I think it would uh, benefit both parties. It's basically acting as a minor league system to the NFL, a feeder system, and getting some guys up there. There have been some good-looking guys from the AAF that you might think would uh, look pretty good on an NFL roster, especially considering their Super Bowl will be the weekend before the NFL draft. So those guys will be eligible to sign with teams after the draft. So I would think this would be something the NFL would uh, like to consider investing in. Not only that, but I mean, they're going to be another, you know, entity that's going to go against the XFL, which Mm -hmm. is going to be a direct competitor towards the NFL. So why wouldn't you try to get, you know, obviously I think they they jumped on this opportunity and wanted to get this thing going. Probably a, a reason why they're dealing with the situation now without fully having the NFL's, you know, backing. They have a lot of things that the NFL does help them with and things like that, obviously, um, with some of the players and things like that. But if you're the NFL, why would you not want to help, you know, build this thing up and, like you said, um, act kind of like a, a, a grassroots, you know, minor league team, um, you know, league. So, it, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I like the league, and mm-hmm. I was really on it the first couple of weeks. Like, I had no idea really what it was all about. And I started watching it. I was, I was watching it for Trent Richardson for a little while. Then, mm-hmm. you know, they started getting desperate and bring Johnny Menzel in and things like that for entertainment purposes. But um, it could it could definitely be something that the NFL wants to, to kind of invest in. I, I just don't see why they wouldn't wouldn't try to help them out a little bit more. I would hate to see it go under, but honestly, I'm I'm one of those guys. I want to see what the XFL is all about. Right. I want to see. I like the AF is cool, but it's just kind of bland to me. Right. There's just some about it. Like it's not seasoned enough. You know, when you're it's talking watered about watered down NFL. That's what I. You yeah. know, it's like it's it's cool and it's cool sometimes to see some players that you kind of forgot about that were mm-hmm. really good college players who didn't make it to the NFL, but. Um, I think the XFL is just going to bring some edgy, just off the wall things that you know, like it's going to be funny. They're going to have to, you know, and I, you know, they're going to with Vince McMahon running the show. Well, so. him and Oliver Luck, right? So you got two, <laughs> you know, two nutcases running. Just kidding, um, running it. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. One of them is kind of they're they're on polar opposites of being out there though. Vince McMahon is out there, kind of edgy and extreme. Oliver Luck is out there, kind of vanilla should we say uh so they're going to team up and they're going to put some kind of product on the field but like you said i I would think this would be something the nfl should support with the aaf uh and through the nfl players association that's what tom dundon said is going to need to happen if they want to keep the alliance going it's not like it's the nba going up against the aba this would basically be the mlb going up against triple a you know it's not your direct competitor in fact it's a league that is going to benefit you as long as you keep it afloat yeah and basically uh what what the AAF wants is they want access to the younger players on NFL squads, you know, the practice players and things like that. They want to try to bring them down to create a little bit more buzz, a little bit more, you know, reason for people to watch, um, which, you know, I very well could could see that happening. But as as a player who's under contract with the NFL, do you want to go down to down a league and play, mm-hmm. you know, in your off season and things like that? Um, wh- how much would that help you even if you were able to be successful? Does it help your game, or would you rather just be in the offseason training and trying to get better that way? I don't really know how it will benefit players if they were to have to go. To, I, I think it would be their choice, but what are the what are the benefits? I don't know. Jake Durant from Local 3 TV in the studio with us. We are out of time. Enjoy your show tonight. Sounds like a fun one with some opening day highlights and then yeah. a little March Madness. Hey, I'm not complaining. We got baseball. You know, we got the uh, Michigan game on CBS, so I'm, I'm going to be enjoying my night for yeah, sure. Right after Michigan, don't change the channel. You can watch Jake break it down for you. Please, after that. please, yeah, just stick around. We're, we're going to break down and, and we'll have, a, we'll have a, a fun time. So, yeah, Local 3 News. That's it for us on the Sports Pen. I'm Tanner Hoops for Jake Durant back on tomorrow on ESPN-UP.